What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And on this episode, I'm going to be giving my thoughts on all of the first-round rookie quarterbacks' preseason debuts, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson. I'm also going to be giving my thoughts on Dwayne Haskins. A lot of you guys have been asking me, is he or is he not the quarterback of the future for the Pittsburgh Steelers? So before we get into it, if you are a new listener of the podcast, make sure that you go ahead and leave a five-star review. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from, make sure that you share the JT Sports Podcast. Also, make sure that you follow me on my social media platforms. My Instagram and Twitter is both JT Sports underscore. Once again, my Twitter and Instagram is both JT Sports underscore. And make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel, JT Sports. Now, over the last couple of days, a lot of you Steeler fans have been asking me, JT, is Dwayne Haskins the future at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Now, Dwayne Haskins had a phenomenal game against the Philadelphia Eagles last week. He was 16 of 22 passing for 161 passing yards. He threw one touchdown. He was really lights out. And I was really impressed with what I saw out of Dwayne Haskins, not just in that game, but how he performed in the Hall of Fame game. He was pretty solid in that game. But overall, he's had a really good offense. Offseason. Ever since he signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers a couple of months ago, he's done nothing but great things. There's been nothing about positive things about Dwayne Haskins said coming from the Steelers organization, the players, and the coaching staff. He was really good during OTAs, mini camp, training camp. I mean, he's really taken this opportunity with the Pittsburgh Steelers seriously, different from how he handled the situation with Washington. And it's really crazy how, you know, when you go to a franchise that really believes in you, that's all in, how that can kind of change somebody's mindset. But at the same time, it's not like Washington didn't believe in Dwayne Haskins neither because I think that that's kind of like an overblown narrative that a lot of people are trying to push saying that Washington didn't believe in Dwayne Haskins. Like, I understand why some people feel that way and I understand why some people wouldn't feel that way. Here's how I feel. I feel like it was 50-50 because you guys got to remember that Ron Rivera did start Dwayne Haskins. So, I mean, he did have a little bit of confidence in him to the point that he was willing to name him the starter to start out the season. But I also understand, you know, there were a lot of things that went on behind the scenes that haven't really been reported about the Ron Rivera and Dwayne Haskins relationship. And I'm pretty sure if Ron Rivera could rewind the clock and go back in time, he probably would do a lot of things differently in terms of how he handled Dwayne Haskins. You got to remember that Dwayne Haskins wasn't the guy who Ron Rivera wanted. He didn't draft Dwayne Haskins. So, of course, he was going to have a thin leash in terms of what he was willing to accept and put up from Dwayne Haskins. So Dwayne Haskins has made the most out of his second opportunity with Pittsburgh. And I say that he probably has been the second best quarterback right now on this roster behind Big Ben. Joshua Dobbs has also been pretty solid, even though he did throw an interception. Outside of that, Joshua Dobbs has pretty been has been really solid as well. But when it comes to him being the quarterback of the future for Pittsburgh, and my guy Juice Alert asked me this same question on his podcast. 
podcast a couple of days ago. Make sure that you guys go ahead and subscribe to my guy, Juice Alert. I'll link it down in the comment section down below. But he basically asked me the similar question. And I told him, in all honesty, I don't really know. And here's why I'm still undecided. Dwayne Haskins is on a one-year deal. I think that Pittsburgh plans on bringing back Dwayne Haskins next year if Ben Roethlisberger retires and if they can't find any better quarterbacks in the free agency market rather that be you know Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson but if Pittsburgh can't find a solid replacement for Big Ben when he retires if he does retire at the end of this season then I think Pittsburgh could probably bring back Dwayne Haskins because you know you bring back a guy who knows the system he's been in the offense for a year but if they can find better candidates to be Big Ben's replacement over Dwayne Haskins then I also could see it going that way but I also could see Pittsburgh most likely bringing back Dwayne Haskins on another one-year deal if Big Ben retires simply for the fact that you know they're going to give him one year to prove that he has what it takes to be the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh they're going to give him one year as the starter and depending on how well he performs if he performs well then he'll probably get a long-term extension if he doesn't he'll probably end up you know being back in the free agency market again so that's really the two ways I see the scenario playing out I think one Pittsburgh may be having Dwayne Haskins as an assurance plan just in case they can't find a better candidate if Big Ben hangs up the cleats at the end of this year or two. I think that they plan on giving Dwayne Haskins another one-year deal after this year, giving him a whole season to prove that he has what it takes to be a successful starting quarterback in the NFL. But right now, I'm still really undecided because if he was on a two-year deal and he was 100% going to be back in the black and gold next year, then I probably would say, heck yeah. But for right now, I think the only way we probably will find out that answer is if, God forbid, Big Ben goes down with the injury. If Big Ben goes down with an injury, then we could see Dwayne Haskins come in, and depending on how he performs during that stretch, depending on how long Big Ben is out or how long he's injured, then I think that could also be a determining factor. But I really think that's the only way to say right now if Dwayne Haskins is the future at quarterback if something unfortunately happens to Big Ben and he God forbid gets injured and has to miss some games depending on how Dwayne Haskins performs in that stretch but right now I really don't know because like part of me wants to say yeah Pittsburgh believes in Dwayne Haskins long term they're all in on them and a lot of people going to say well JT there's been a lot of reports that Mike Tomlin believes in Dwayne Haskins and that's all good you know but they believe in Mason Rudolph also they believe in Joshua Dobbs one thing that the Pittsburgh Steelers do is that every quarterback that they draft always gets the opportunity to prove that they have what it takes to be the starter even Landry Jones had ample opportunities to prove that he was the guy after Big Ben we saw how that went down Joshua Dobbs had a slight opportunity against the Las Vegas Raiders uh, not too long ago when Big Ben went down in that game Mason Rudolph had ample opportunities to prove that he was the guy same thing with Devlin Doug Hodges so the Steelers do give Dwayne Haskins a good chance of having that opportunity to prove himself because they have done it with pretty much every single quarterback that's on their roster so 
as of right now, he's looked really good during the preseason. There's only like two preseason games remaining. I think that he most likely is going to win that backup quarterback job over Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph didn't play bad against Philadelphia. He hasn't had as bad as a preseason like everybody tries to make it out to be, but he hasn't really been all that great during training camp. And so far, it looks like Dwayne Haskins is starting to remove himself from this conversation and he's starting to look like the without a question the nine the unanimous back of a quarterback behind Big Ben but like I said it's still way too early for me to tell you guys if Dwayne Haskins is or is he not the quarterback of the future because we'll only find out that question this season if something happens to Big Ben so we're probably going to have to wait until the end of this year depending on what happens with Big Ben to find out but even if Big Ben does come back for one more year I expect Dwayne Haskins to be back for another year also if Ben Roethlisberger comes back but most likely I can't give you guys an answer to this question because I just don't really think there's enough evidence right now to support that claim right now but Dwayne Haskins has looked really impressive he looks like a better quarterback now than what he was when he was playing for Washington but also I want to see what Dwayne Haskins does against the ones he has been going against second stringers and third stringers I want to see what he's going to do against a first team defense and hopefully that's something that we get to see more of Now, moving on to my thoughts on Justin Fields' first NFL preseason game, he was the best rookie quarterback from this past weekend. I mean, he started out pretty slow in the first half, okay, but after halftime, oh my goodness, he was fantastic. He finished the game 14 to 20 passing for 142 passing yards. He threw a touchdown. He also had 33 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown on five carries. Like, I was really blown away by how Justin Fields performed, and there are a lot of Bears fans who were saying that. That Justin Fields should be the starter. Now, of course, there's two sides of that spectrum. You're going to have the people out there who are going to say, well, he shouldn't be the starter because he wasn't going against the first team defense. He was going against second stringers and third stringers, mostly guys who aren't going to make the roster. And that is true. But the downside of the people who make that argument and said that say that Justin Fields going against second stringers and third strings. You also got to remember that Justin Fields played really well with second stringers and third stringers on the offense. So although he was going against backups, he was playing with backups also. So people who say that, I think they're kind of hypocritical because, yeah, they may be going to get second and third stringers, but they're also playing alongside of second and third stringers. It's not like Justin Fields was playing with starters for the whole entire game that he was in. He was playing with seconds and third stringers also. So I want to see Justin Fields play with the ones, and I also don't want to overreact to his first preseason game I want to see what he does this week as well but he definitely was really impressive I saw good decision making I saw him go through his reads really consistently which was a big knock on Justin Fields and on top of that 
I saw some creativity from Matt Nagy when it came to the play calling with Justin Fields, which is something that you don't really see that often when it comes to the preseason. Most of the time, you don't really see a lot of creativity in the preseason. You just see a lot of coaches calling, you know, basic plays just to give everybody a chance to show what they can do. But Matt Nagy... His play calling with Justin Fields or whoever was calling the plays for Chicago in this game, it was fantastic with how they utilized Justin Fields. They were running bootlegs. They were finding out ways to get Justin Fields involved in the rain game. Like, I was really impressed not only with Justin Fields, but with the way that the Chicago Bears play calling suited Justin Fields. And that's how you win with a quarterback in the NFL. You see, there has never been a quarterback that was drafted in the first round that was a bust with a great coaching staff so with the Chicago Bears right now I still expect Andy Dalton to be the starting quarterback now even if Justin Fields does perform really well I still think that they're pretty hell-bent on not starting Justin Fields right away and I still believe that the Chicago Bears can have success with Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. A lot of people are going to say Justin Fields gives them the best chance to win. But as of right now, Andy Dalton, you can still win games with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is definitely an upgrade from Mitchell Trubisky. And for all of you guys who disagree with that statement, I'm not about to go back and forth with you in the comment section. I'm just going to say... You know, maybe you should get drug tested if you believe that, but I'm not going to waste my time on you because you're either a troll or maybe you're just a diehard Mitchell Trubisky fan. But nonetheless, I was really impressed with Justin Fields. And if he plays good in this upcoming preseason game this week, and has another lights out performance like last week against the Miami Dolphins, then you're definitely going to start hearing rumblings of Justin Fields pushing Andy Dalton for that spot. But for right now, I'm still believing that Andy Dalton is going to be the starter. I think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are pretty firm on that stand. They have said this multiple times throughout the offseason, ever since they traded up for Justin Fields, that they plan on starting Andy Dalton right away. And I don't think Andy Dalton is going to play bad enough that he's going to get benched. The only way I really see Andy Dalton getting benched this year for Justin Fields is if he one goes down with an injury and Justin Fields just comes in and he takes over or the Chicago Bears start the season out slow. Maybe they start out, you know, two and five or two and six or something like that. Similar to how the Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson situation played out a couple of years ago. Remember the Baltimore Ravens were in the thick of the playoff race. You had Joe Flacco who went down for injury. They start Lamar Jackson. And even when Joe Flacco was healthy, they still rolled with Lamar because how he performed. He galvanized the team. So for Justin Fields, I I'm still under the assumption no matter how well he plays during the preseason, I still think Chicago is going to play it safe and that they're going to keep Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback this year. Now, my personal opinion, honestly, I, if I was in the shoes of Matt Nagy, I would start Justin Fields.
Okay, now I'm not saying Justin Fields, you know, is better than Andy Dalton. I'm not trying to make any crazy claims or anything like that. But I just feel like with Justin Fields as the starting quarterback, you open up the playbook way more in terms of what you can do with him compared to Andy Dalton. Like with Andy Dalton, you're not limited as much as you were with you know, Mitchell Trubisky, but you are still a little bit kind of limited in terms of what you can call, like, you can't use RPOs. I don't think you're going to be able to use, you know, the crazy bootlegs that Justin Fields is capable of pulling off, but with Justin Fields, you can run read options, you can run RPOs, you can run a lot of play-action bootleg. He also has a stronger arm than Andy Dalton, but if Chicago feels like Justin Fields isn't ready to play, then I understand that as well. Sometimes it's better to play it safe than play it aggressively. Because if you throw Justin Fields into the fire too early, then he may struggle. And preseason is a lot different from the regular season. The game speeds up a lot. And that's what a lot of people are saying. They say don't overreact to the preseason. But you also got to remember, Russell Wilson dominated preseason. He started for Seattle and he was perfectly fine. Dak Wilson was really, Dak Prescott, excuse me, was really good in the preseason for Dallas. And when Tony Romo went down and he had to start, he was really fantastic. So for me personally... I still want to see one more consistent game from Justin Fields playing how he did last week against Miami. And if he does, then I'm dev. Hey, if he has two good preseason games, I want to say, hey, man, why not start Justin Fields? He's been really good during the preseason. But I definitely want to see him against the ones. But either way. For all you guys that used the argument to say that, well, JT was matched up against backups, you also got to remember that he was playing with backups as well. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson had a solid preseason debut. Now, it wasn't as fantastic as Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or anything like that, but he had a really solid preseason debut, and I was more impressed with Zach Wilson than any other quarterback, not because, you know, he had an amazing stat line or anything like that, but because... A lot of the narratives that are being pushed about Zach Wilson, I think, have kind of been put to hold for at least this moment. Because remember, last week I made a video saying, should New York Jets fans be worried or concerned about Zach Wilson due to his poor training camp performance? And a lot of you guys came on here and said, yeah, Zach Wilson is going to be a bust. He's not going to be good. And he came out and he kind of shut a lot of you guys up. He was 6-9 passing for... 63 passing yards like he had a really solid game now although he didn't throw a touchdown anything like that when he came in he did lead some really good drives he has a pretty good connection with Corey Davis I was really impressed with Zach Wilson he looked poised he was getting on the offensive line he was galvanizing his team this is what you want to see on top of that the rain game looked really good also, but, you know, that's a topic for another video. But I was really impressed with Zach Wilson in this game. And like I tried to tell a lot of people last week, do not overreact to what you hear in training camp. Because every single year, we hear about how all these guys are having great training camps, they're doing everything right, and then comes, you know, time for them to replicate in the game, and we don't really hear any of those guys. You know, how many years do you always hear of sleeper guys who have great training camps and the regular season rolls around, and they don't do anything? Like, you got to take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to training camp. Me, personally, I'm somebody who I want to see what you do on the field. 
And from what I've heard about Zach Wilson coming out of the training camp compared to what I saw during his brief debut with the Jets against the New York Giants, he didn't look anything about what I've been hearing. Like, I didn't see a quarterback that was struggling to go through his progressions. I didn't see a quarterback that, you know, was kind of gun shy. Like, I saw a quarterback out there that was confident, poised, and he looked like he was prepared. And Zach Wilson has been putting in a lot of work. He's been staying after practice. He's been the first guy there, the last guy to leave. Like, I believe Zach Wilson is going to be a really solid quarterback for the New York Jets. He showed his arm strength. He had a couple of passes that he was able to fit in the tight windows. He went through his reads. Now, I still want to see him get a little bit more playing time. I would like to see him play, you know, at least a full half of preseason football. But for right now, I am really encouraged out of what I saw out of Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson doesn't have a bad team around him. Like, the Jets roster right now is better than what it ever was when they had Sam Darnold at quarterback. A lot of people were telling me in the comment section that Zach Wilson was a mistake because they should have kept Darnold and they should have traded down from the second overall pick and built the team up. But, you know, sometimes new coaching staff just want to bring in a new quarterback. They want to have a new face in there. And the Jets have done a really good job giving, you know, Zach Wilson all the talent to at least have a pretty solid rookie season. A lot of you guys down in the comment section didn't talk about how Joe Douglas improved the offensive line. You already had Mekhi Becton. Now you traded up for Elijah Vera Tucker, an offensive guard. You also signed another offensive tackle who is really solid and more and Moses, who was, you know, let go by Washington. So the Jets have definitely made some moves. You improve the wide receiving core. You bring in Corey Davis. You still have Jameson Crowder, one of the better slot receivers in the league. Still got Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore. You do have a lot of running backs there, but, you know, I think the rain game is going to get going. Like, I find it crazy how everybody just tries to push their narrative, but they never look at things from a different perspective. Like, I think that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala have done a pretty good job in making sure that Zach Wilson has enough to have a solid rookie season. Now, do the Jets still have a lot of ways that they can improve and continue to build this team around Zach Wilson? Yes, they do. They still could improve their other guard spots. They could improve at center, but overall, I think the Jets have done a really good job giving Zach Wilson with some good pieces to be successful this rookie year and I'm really happy that Zach Wilson had a really good preseason performance because I was getting a lot I was getting really tired of seeing people you know push this narrative that Zach Wilson was going to be a bust and I'm somebody who I don't like to make these assumptions about players until I actually see them play on the field I need to see somebody have a significant amount of game time, a significant amount of game film until I'm able to give a proper judgment on that player. A lot of you guys just sit back and you make these claims and they haven't even played a single down. Like I was like, can we at least give Zach Wilson a preseason game at least to see how he performs? And you guys know what's funny? It's crazy how Justin Fields was going trending on Twitter. So is Mac Jones and Trey Lance. But 
Everybody was quick to say Zach Wilson was going to be a bust, but yet when he had a really good, solid performance, I didn't see anybody talking about how great he was. He didn't go trending. So I find it so crazy how people are just so hell-bent on just trying to push their narrative to the point that they can't even give credit when credit is due. Zach Wilson had a really good preseason performance. It was. And it's really irritating because you just continue to see people push these narratives about guys who they like. And I feel like a lot of people are just still upset that the New York just decided to draft Zach Wilson over Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Like, just because you evaluate quarterbacks differently doesn't mean that he's going to be a bust. You see, that's where a lot of you guys go wrong. Everybody has their different philosophy when it comes to determining how successful a quarterback is going to be. Me, my philosophy is if you go to a team that has a good coaching staff that knows how to utilize your strengths, you're going to be a solid QB. And if Robert Sala is the head coach and has assembled the coaching staff that we believe that he has assembled being really good, then Zach Wilson shouldn't struggle. He should be pretty solid. There has never been a quarterback drafted in the first round that has been a bust with a good coaching staff. Aside from RG3, RG3 is a bust due to the fact that he got a little bit, you know, cocky. He wanted to change things up. But outside of him, I can't recall. So for Zach Wilson, I'm really happy that Zach Wilson performed the way he did. Like, I just find it really crazy how everybody just never talks about how good he played. But everybody raves about Justin Fields. You know, everybody plays favorites, you know, and that's something that really irritates me. That's a big reason why I made this podcast. The reason why I made this podcast in my YouTube channel is because I don't want to be biased. I don't want to, you know, ignore when somebody does good and I I don't want to ignore when somebody does bad. Like, I want to look at everybody 50-50, and I still feel like a lot of people aren't looking at Zach Wilson 50-50. Like, if Zach Wilson comes out and he has a great preseason game this week and his last preseason game isn't great, then, of course, you're going to have the haters coming out. If Zach Wilson has some good games during the regular season, nobody's going to talk about it. But as soon as he has one bad game, everybody's going to be quick to call him a bust. Like I just, It just really irritates me how people are just so stubborn in their narratives that they just have to be right. You still have people out there who think Justin Herbert is going to be a bust, but I was really impressed with what I saw out of Zach Wilson. I'm really happy that Zach Wilson had success during his brief stint when he was in against the New York Giants because I'm not a Zach Wilson fanboy. I'm just a fan of the truth. I'm a fan of being honest, and I feel like a lot of people aren't giving Zach Wilson a fair chance. Everybody's just so hell-bent on trying to say that Zach Wilson is a bust just because they felt like Justin Fields should have went number two overall instead of Zach Wilson. Mac Jones, Mac Jones for Washington. Woo, my guy put on a performance against Washington. I was also really impressed with how he performed. Now, my guy, Colin Coward, once again throwing shots at my guy, Mac Jones, saying that he doesn't have a strong arm, he's not athletically built. Like, I'm just so tired of people continuing 
to downplay and hate on Mac Jones. And, like, same thing with what I just said about Zach Wilson. Like, people are just so stuck in their ways. Like, everybody keeps saying Mac Jones isn't talented. He doesn't have a strong arm. He doesn't have a lot of athleticism. Like, Bill Belichick doesn't give a doggone it about any of that stuff. What Bill Belichick cares about and it has already been leaked how Bill Belichick scouts quarterbacks. He scouts with one, can you read a defense? And two, are you accurate with the football? And then everything else comes after that. Mac Jones is good. And the two most important aspects that Bill Belichick looks at when considering and scouting a quarterback, accuracy and decision making. And that's what we saw on full display from Mac Jones against Washington. Like Mac Jones was really good. He was throwing guys open. He was anticipating throws. He also had a nice deep ball that should have been caught for a touchdown by number 17. I can't remember what his name was, but he should have came down with that ball. So like I'm still like really upset that people in the mainstream media just continue to downplay Mac Jones. Like I, I just hate it, man, because like people judge football players based on how big you are and how fast you run the 40 time and that's why I continue to be wrong well that's why I continue to you know go against the mainstream media's you know analysis of how they view certain players and that's why I continue to be right compared to the mainstream media and why I'm more accurate in my takes than the majority of those guys out there because a lot of people just look at football from how big you are, how fast you are. Nobody looks at football about what a player brings when it comes to intangibles. Mac Jones brings a lot of intangibles and we saw that on full display. He was 13 to 19 passing for 89 passing yards. He should have thrown two touchdowns in those games, but his wide receivers let him down. They had a couple of drop passes, but Mac Jones performed the way that I expected him to perform he has been really good during training camp pretty much everything that has been said about Mac Jones during the offseason so far we saw on full display his decision making has been praised his accuracy has been praised he's throwing guys open and a lot of people got to remember the best football players are the ones who aren't athletically gifted they're the ones who are able to make up from their lack of athleticism with their preparation and their mindset Football, when you get to the NFL, it's a lot different from high school football and college football. And I actually played against Mac Jones in high school. You know, I wasn't on defense or anything like that. I was a freshman in high school when we went against Mac Jones. I didn't really, you know, I wasn't really on the field. But I actually saw Mac Jones play live. He played for Bowles High School, and he was really good. He was also really good against Alabama. And a lot of people just continue to down Mac Jones because everybody just wants this physical quarterback that's a physical specimen like a Justin Field or Trey Lance. A lot of people have to realize that the best football players are the ones who are able to make up for the lack of athleticism and physical traits with how they prepare and how, you know, their mindset is. The football that you play in high school and college football, you can get away with, you know, just having pure athleticism in high school football and college football because you're just so physically dominant that you can just run away from everybody. You have this strong arm. You don't have to go through a lot of reads and stuff like that but once you get to the NFL athleticism is out the window it doesn't matter how fast of a 40 time you run it doesn't matter how far you can throw football it doesn't matter how big you are because at the end of the day athleticism doesn't really get you that far your mind
mindset and your mental preparation of the game is what gets you far in this league. If players were drafted based on, if players were viewed upon based on, you know, their physical traits, then Demarcus Russell would have been the greatest quarterback of all time because he had this incredible size. He had this incredible arm, but you want to know why he was a bust because he couldn't understand the NFL from mental standpoint. Your physical traits only get you so far until you become a pro. Once you become a pro, your mindset matters. And when you look at Mac Jones, he understands the game. And a lot of people keep saying that Mac Jones doesn't have a high ceiling. Like, you guys got to stop trying to put ceilings on people. Like, there are people who are saying that Joe Burrow didn't have a high ceiling. And look at it. Joe Burrow is already a top 10 QB. Like, you cannot predict how high potential quarterback has because certain quarterbacks are good in a certain system. Mac Jones is going to be a really great quarterback under Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. He's their perfect ideal QB. And Mac Jones can't run. There were a couple of plays when he was able to break out of a sack and he was able to move up within the pocket and he was able to keep a play alive. Like, Mac Jones understands his limitations. And he understands how to overcome those limitations. Same thing with Drew Brees. Same thing with Tom Brady. They These guys are cerebral quarterbacks when it comes to how they dissect the defense. And from what I saw last week, Mac Jones was dissecting Washington's defense. And he I was really impressed with Mac Jones, man. Just being honest with you, he had some really good passes in the middle of the field. He also had some passes in the tight windows that should have been caught for touchdowns. Never Number 17 let him down. But, I mean, if he comes down that, then he probably has a touchdown or two. So, Mac Jones, for right now, for my money, I think he is the best quarterback on the New England Patriots roster. And I know we didn't really get to see that much out of Cam Newton, but from what I've heard out of training camp and from what I saw this past weekend, I think that Mac Jones right now, if I was Bill Belichick and the season was to start tomorrow, I would name Mac Jones the starting quarterback. Like, I'm just really impressed because Mac Jones understands the game and he is a rookie. And that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Like, you look at Trey Lance. Trey Lance had that one great throw. After that, he didn't really do anything that much. You could blame him on drops and everything else, but he simply wasn't ready. You get what I'm saying? Like, he had that one big play and after that, what did he do? So when you look at Matt Jones, like I see somebody who I don't really need to see two more preseason games out of Matt Jones because I already see the fact that he understands. He's he's dissecting coverages. He's reading the defense well. He's making good decisions with the football. Most rookie quarterbacks who aren't ready to start right away, they're not good when it comes to decision making and they don't understand how to read defenses. Matt Jones does both of those things well. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to from the quarterback position. It also comes down to the scheme. Quarterbacks can be elevated by the scheme that they're in. Tom Brady was elevated by the New England Patriots scheme. Drew Brees was elevated by Sean Payton's scheme. You get what I'm saying? So for Mac Jones, he is a perfect fit in the Patriots offense. And I'm just so tired of people trying to push this bullcrap narrative that the Patriots can't contend with Mac Jones because he has a low ceiling. You don't know how high or how low somebody's potential is. There's just so many factors into it. That's why you don't really see me when it comes to me grading these players during the draft. Uh, me giving them high ceilings, who has high upside and whatnot. If a guy does well, a guy does freaking well. 
Some people are just really good when it comes to overcoming their limitations. Those are the best football players. So I was really impressed with how Mac Jones performed in that game against Washington. And really, if you ask me, I think he really only threw two incompletions because you had a couple of drops in there. You also had a couple of drop touchdowns. So for Mac Jones, man, like he was better than what the stats may indicate. And if you go back and watch that game like I did, I was actually watching the game live. I was watching him play and I was watching a couple of other games at the same time. But I was really impressed with how Mac Jones performed he read defenses he read the defense he was dissecting coverages he knew where to put the football he was throwing guys open that's what you want to see out of a young rookie quarterback now Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence made his preseason debut against the Cleveland Browns he was 6-9 for 71 passing yards and Trevor Lawrence was good as advertised now the offensive line kind of let him down he had a sack real early but he had a really nice play to Marvin Jones and Trevor Lawrence right now is miles ahead uh He's miles ahead of the other rookie quarterbacks out there. He's miles ahead of Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance. Because, like, when you just watch that game and you watch how Trevor Lawrence maneuvered in the pocket, this guy was literally stepping up in the pocket. He didn't roll out anything like that. He was protected. Well, he was waiting for his off the line to, you know, give him an opportunity to at least attempt to throw the football downfield because, goodness gracious, man, like, the first couple of plays were rough for him, man. Like, he was going through his progressions, waiting for somebody to get open downfield, and off the line just kept on collapsing on him. But then he finally had an opportunity that he had some, you know, good protection, and he was able to throw a dart, a beautiful dart, to Marvin Jones. So when I look at Trevor Lawrence, man, like, I definitely see why everybody considered him a generational talent. And I I think the reason why now people consider him a generational talent is simply for the fact that he is the most he was the most pro ready quarterback coming out of this past year's draft and it's pretty obvious when you look at how he performed in that game and I was really impressed with you know how he went through his reads and how you know he was willing to take the check downs at times and then even when the offensive line was collapsing like he was still willing to step in step down and you know try to complete some passes under pressure there was a lot of plays during that game when the off the line was collapsing and pretty much every single time he went to drop back the off the line seemed like it was collapsing you only had like good protection on like a handful of plays but even when the pocket was collapsing he had pressure in his face like he still made some really good throws under pressure so just by the way that Trevor Lawrence was able to you know perform inside the pocket he had really good pocket presence like Literally, like, the man was stepping back, one, two, came back to his third read. Then, next thing you know, he, the ball was out or he was either going down for a sack. And some people out there in the comment section were trying to say he was holding the football too long. Like, that's false. Trevor Lawrence was not holding the football too long. If you watch the game, there are literally a handful of plays when Jacksonville only had, like, two or three wide receivers going out on passing routes. So, if you only have two or three routes and they're covered, what are you going to do with the football? You're going to have no choice but to either take the sack or either try to get out the pocket. So, if there's only two three routes down the field then there's only so much there's only so much you can you know literally wait to happen so for all you guys out there who are trying to say Matt Jones holding the football too long if you only have two or three route combinations on the field being ran if they're not open then it's the 
That's it. That's the play. Like, literally, what are you going to do? Like, you, you can't get out of the pocket and try to extend the play. But if you only have two, three wide receivers on routes, if the play's not there, the play's not freaking there. So, for all you guys out there who keep saying that Trevor Lawrence was holding on to the football too long, that's absolutely false. And you literally, if you watch, you can literally see Trevor Lawrence going through his progressions. Literally, he was going, okay, first read, second read third read and even sometimes he would go back one more time for another read now i would have liked to see trevor lawrence you know at least try to get i would have liked to see him at least tucking and run at least a little bit more but you know one thing about trevor lawrence man like he was really patient like i was really impressed with his pocket presence inside of the pocket so for all you guys out there who keep saying that well jt trevor Lawrence holding the football too long that's absolutely false man like this is football 101. If you have two or three wide receivers out running routes and they're covered, that's the play. Unless you're just tucking and run. But by that point, the offensive line was already collapsing. You just simply can't help that. So for me, okay, Trevor Lawrence obviously is the most pro-ready QB from what I saw. Like, I was really impressed. I When I saw Trevor Lawrence perform last week against the Browns, he gave me a lot of, you know, similarities to how Joe Burrow was last year. And remind you, Joe Burrow didn't even play a single preseason game. But you look at Trevor Lawrence, and I didn't see a quarterback who was a rookie. I saw a quarterback who looked like a seasoned NFL veteran with how he was maneuvering the pocket, how patient he was. Even when the pocket was collapsing, he was still making sure, trying to go through all of his progressions. And that's the same thing that you saw out of... Joe Burrow last year, he was poised, he was patient, so for Trevor Lawrence, I'm definitely now starting to understand why a lot of people were saying he was the most pro-ready QB, why he's a generational talent, similar to the same thing about Andrew Luck. Now lastly, we got to talk about Trey Lance. Now Trey Lance had a really phenomenal touchdown to like open like his first drive he had like this big touchdown that went for like a lot of yards and after that wasn't really that much after that to really talk about like after that big touchdown that he had he was 5 of 14 128 passing yards and one touchdown and Trey Lance pretty much performed how I thought he would now you did have a couple of drops by wide receivers. I don't think the offensive line was all that great neither. But, you know, when it came to Trey Lance, there were some positives that made me say, okay, I definitely see why the 49ers draft him. Like, this guy has tons of upside. But I also saw a lot of things that said, okay, Trey Lance isn't ready to start quite yet. And now there are a lot of 49ers fans who I've been going back and forth with over like the last couple of weeks saying that Trey Lance is ready to start week one, this and that. And I keep telling people, I don't think Trey Lance is ready to start week one. And, you know, I think this game against Kansas City was a pretty clear indication that Trey Lance still has a lot of room to go in terms of his development. You know, he has some flashes, he has some big plays there, but he also had a lot of plays where, you know, he still needs a lot of work, he still has more time to grow. Like I've been telling people, if Trey Lance was ready to start week one, then we will be hearing more reports about how there's a legitimate QB competition between him and Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has already been named the starting quarterback this season for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, if Trey Lance came out and set the word on fire, then yeah. But I guess you 
kind of can say he set the world on fire because he did have that big play. But after that, there wasn't really that much cooking for Trey Lance. And I understand off July wasn't great. I understand the wide receivers weren't great. But at the same time, though, there still were some plays there. When you look at Trey Lance, you can say, okay, you have a guy who, yeah, he has flashes, but he's still not quite there yet. Now, I'm really interested in seeing how he performs this week and his next preseason game and the next couple of preseason games because you guys got to remember that this is his first game. A lot of guys are going to continue to improve. Some guys are going to regress. But overall, I think Trey Lance pretty much performed the way I expected him to. You know, he had the big flashy moments there when everybody was like, wow. But after that, he did have some plays there and I was like, okay, he's not ready yet. And my thing with Trey Lance is like, I think he's still too a little bit overly dependent on the big plays. I would like to see him, you know, try to check it down a little bit more often. And that's going to come with more repetition and more practice and whatnot. But Trey Lance from right now, from what I saw, I still don't think he's the week one starter that a lot of 49ers fans are trying to point him out to be. I still think he has a lot of room to grow. Now, if he performs well next pre the next preseason game that the 49ers play in and the last preseason game, Okay, but you know, from what I've seen right now, I still don't think Trey Lance is there. And coming out of North Dakota State, you guys got to remember that he only played in like one game last year. So he didn't, this is like his first football action in like a very long time compared to some of the other guys like a Trevor Lawrence, a Mac Jones, or Justin Fields. So for Trey Lance, you know, he's still trying to get back into the flow of things. So I think that's another reason. But the wide receivers did let him down. The backup off the line, woo! If one of the 49ers starters go down, they're off the line, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. But overall, man, like, I did like how, you know, that touchdown went down. I did like the fact that, you know, the 49ers did try to implement some things and how, you know, they would use um, Trey Lance. But overall, you know, I still feel like Trey Lance still has a lot of room to grow right now. And... You know, I'm not going to be overly harsh on any of these quarterbacks. I'm not going to, use, you know, say they're the next best thing since sliced bread, anything like that. I'm still going to wait for a lot of things to work themselves out because I understand this is the first preseason games. A lot of guys are still trying to get acclimated back into, you know, the shape of how the game speed is and still trying to get accustomed to the NFL and whatnot, especially in Trey Lance's case. So I'm not going to be too overly harsh on Trey Lance. You know, he had that big play. I was really impressed you know I was really saw I was really impressed with what I saw out of Trey Lance you know despite what the stats say despite with how the game went after that big play you know I still think that Trey Lance was pretty solid in that game you know his wide receivers let him down the blocking wasn't all that great but overall still I don't think Trey Lance is ready to start just yet you know I know there's been a lot of plays that he's made during training camp that have been going you know all throughout social media there's been a lot of 49ers fans saying that he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo I didn't I didn't see it I didn't see it he will be better than Jimmy Garoppolo no 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 question about it is he more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo yes he is but is he ready to lead the team week one I'm not sure yet. And it is week one, so I'm not going to say that, you know, he shouldn't be the week one starter or anything like that. But if the season was to start tomorrow, I still feel like Trey Lance still has some room to go. I wouldn't name him the starter just yet. I'm not saying he can't be. If he performs well the next two preseason games, then definitely, you know, starting week one. But for right now, he still has a lot of rooms to go. But he did have his big 
his big flash plays, which I expected. So this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. You guys make sure that you guys go ahead, if you are a first-time listener of the podcast, that you leave a five-star review. Make sure that you share the podcast with your friends, family, and acquaintances. And I will see you guys shortly with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.